I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Support comes from ServiceNow, the AI platform for business transformation. You've heard the hype around AI. The truth is, AI is only as powerful as the platform it's built into. ServiceNow is the platform that puts AI to work for people across your business. Removing friction and frustration for your employees, supercharging productivity for your developers, providing intelligent tools for your service agents to make customers happier, all built into a single platform you can use right now. That's why the world works with ServiceNow. Visit servicenow.com slash AI for people to learn more. I'm 29 years old. I work as a private contractor for the NSA, for the CIA. I've worked in various jobs in the intelligence industry for the last nine years. My name is Edward Joseph Snowden. Welcome to Radio Motherboard. I'm Jason Kebler, and I've got our editor-at-large, Alex Pasternak, here. Hi. You might remember him from such podcasts as the Douglas Rushkoff one a few weeks ago. And um, and the astronaut who went to the moon and did a psychic experiment from space. Yeah, that one was so good. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks. Um, means so It means a lot coming from you, <laughs> the podcast master. Yeah. So every time I go anywhere in New York City to like a tech event, you are also there. And... <laughs> I saw Snowden as a pre-release at the Brooklyn Library in Prospect Park. I'm following you, Jason. And I was not at all surprised to see you on the press list and catch you afterwards. So, I mean, this is, you've been covering Snowden since the initial leaks. Um, We talked right after the film, but what did you think of it? Did you like the movie? I did like it as a fun um, story about the surveillance state and a heroic character trying to hopefully change things. I do think, though, that it's not going to be judged on just that. It's going to be judged on on how, how true it is and how accurate it is and also how good a portrait of Snowden, of this man, and how complex a portrait it paints, and I don't know if it does all those things very well. I think it's fine. Yeah. Um, I guess first to set this up, this podcast is about the movie Snowden, but it's not going to be totally about you know, the plot points of Snowden. We're going to talk about its accuracy, but I wanted to talk more about its place in culture right now because the ACLU, Human Rights Watch, and a few other civil liberties groups have just launched this big Pardon Snowden campaign. I'm Anthony Romero, the National Director of the ACLU. Thank you for joining us this morning at our press conference. Cases like Edward Snowden's are precisely the reason why the presidential pardon power exists. There is widespread consensus that Edward Snowden's actions catalyzed an unprecedented debate about the proper limits of government surveillance 
and his actions resulted in widespread reforms, both in law and in technology, that protect Americans and individuals across the globe. But thanks to the revelations of Edward Snowden, we've now had a public debate. Our courts have ruled on the legality of those programs. Tech companies have taken actions. Government officials have had to answer difficult questions from Congress and the public about the extent of those powers. And so we are in a much stronger place because of Edward Snowden's courage and his acts of conviction. So Edward, are you with us? You hear me? We can. Uh, thank you, everyone, for coming. I have to say, hearing everyone speak is not something that I ever expected to to be hearing. The, the kind of judgments that I've heard in the last three years, particularly in the immediate aftermath of the decision to come forward, are not the kind of thing uh, that would lead anyone to expect that this would be the future. And yet here we are. I have to say I am deeply appreciative. I'm moved beyond words by the outpouring of support from the people here, uh, all of you for coming, and around the world. They're sort of using this movie as, and you know, Barack Obama's sort of lame duck term, to really push for the first time for a pardon for Snowden. And we're going to hear from Ben Wisner, who is Edward Snowden's uh, attorney with the ACLU. I think the story is extremely effective and that if many millions of people see the film, you know, Oliver will do more for Snowden in two hours than his lawyers have been able to do for him in three years. I want to talk about whether this movie is effective at painting him as a sympathetic character and also in order to do that it, it has to be a good film. So so yeah, let's I guess first discuss its place. Like there's a sort of long winding road for Oliver Stone to make this film, which is uh, documented in a New York Times Magazine article by Irina Alexander that I recommend everyone read. But this is not actually based on... I believe he called it a horrible experience or something like that. He did, and Ben Wisner didn't love the experience either. That The article is basically about how everyone was fighting the entire time during this, and Oliver Stone is kind of bummed that this was released by an independent company. I didn't want to get involved in Stone's story because it's too messy. If we don't know what was going to happen, 2014, he's a wanted figure. Uh, so controversial. And when you do these stories, you get things can happen. Some other thing can emerge in the news. An essay can interfere. Who knows? It sounds like it was hard to get um, big studios on board, but clearly um, the it seems to me like the interest from... Um, Snowden's side and his lawyer's side was that this movie could provide something of an argument for Snowden's um, exoneration um, or pardon. Um, and so there was a political motive in terms of um, making the movie and getting it out when, when it came out, which of course is right, you know, right before the end of um, Obama's term. And also, interestingly, the Friday that it came out um, was also the day, I think, that the, the Senate Intelligence Committee released its own report about Snowden and the uh, damage that he caused the intelligence community. It was, yeah. It may have been the House Intelligence Committee, but it was, it was one of the intelligence committees basically re released this damning report saying he's a traitor all over again. And, and by damning, I mean they meant for it to be damning. I haven't been through 
you know, the entirety of that report. But I'm sure that Ben Wisner and Stone himself and probably anyone who's already made up their mind would say, you know, this doesn't matter. Right. I mean, I think like the report lays out allegations about Snowden and his integrity and um, tries to correct a record. And I think to the extent that the Snowden movie is presenting um, the record of Snowden, the man, um, it's going to be dragged into the political conversation and it's going to be judged on its merits as a as maybe a political argument. And um, I guess my feeling generally about it is that you know, there's there's this notion of something being accurate but not true, like the CIA saying that it doesn't participate in drone strikes. I mean, legally or officially, that's that's the case, but in, in practice, that's not true. But I think this movie was sort of more like true but inaccurate in that it was portraying the general sort of themes of the Snowden story and the surveillance issues and the privacy issues um, in a way that felt um, tangible and real, even if what was behind it um, wasn't a totally accurate story and was a composite in a lot of ways and was sort of a Hollywoodification of the Snowden story. Yeah, and this is exactly what Ben Wisner said at, after our screening. You know, I think there are two deep truths at the center of the story and at the center of this movie. Um, the first is that the United States developed and deployed a global system of mass surveillance without democratic consent. That's accurately portrayed. Uh, and the second is that the person who stepped forward to reveal that did so with sincerity, courage, conviction, uh, patriotism, love of country. Uh, and I think that's also accurately uh, depicted, and uh, and you're a dramatist. The rest of it you needed to uh, bring to life in the way that you do. Um, but but in, in those respects, um, this is a, as true a story as one can tell. This is basically my thoughts as well. Uh, we've seen Edward Snowden give you know countless interviews. We've had numerous bombshell reports come from his documents. We've had Citizen Four. Um, and I, my mind keeps going back to this one quote from John Oliver when, um, you know, Edward Stone was on his show. Domestic surveillance, Americans give some of a shit about. Foreign surveillance, they don't give any remote shit about. Well, the second question is when we talk about foreign surveillance, uh, are we applying it in ways that are beneficial? I, no one cares. In no terms one, of the no cares. They don't give a shit. We spied on UNICEF, the Children's Fund. Sure. If I had knowledge that the U.S. government had a picture of my dick, I would be very pissed off. Well, the good news is there's no program named the dick pic program. The bad news is they are still collecting everybody's information, including your dick pics. Uh, this is the most visible line in the sand for people. Can they see my dick? <laughs> and that's kind of when I saw the most outrage of any over any of this NSA stuff. Mm. And I think that the movie really had this personal, okay, when you see them use like X key score, you see them use Prism, you see them go through people's G chats and Facebook and you, you know, then the girl sort of ODs on, um, you know, sleeping pills because the NSA you know, went after her boyfriend who was cheating, she was, che he was cheating on her with or something, you know, it's, it's kind of this ridiculous thing. However, 
it really does drive home the capabilities of these surveillance programs. And I doubt that anything like that ever happened. Um, maybe, it, maybe it did, but, you know, uh, I think seeing Edward Snowden have sex with his girlfriend and, like, freak out over the fact that the NSA could turn on the webcam mm-hmm. in the background was almost more powerful to me than some of this reporting. Yeah, I think there was a lot of stuff in the movie, just to that point, that felt a little bit absurd and unbelievable. And I wonder if that somehow undermines, you know, the credibility of the movie as a document um, of what happened. Of course, it's not trying to be a documentary. That was what Citizen Four did. And in a way, it's very strange to watch a Hollywood movie that feels like a remake of a documentary that came out just a couple of years ago. It feels very surreal. Um, but of course, this movie tries to paint a, a sort of richer picture of Snowden, um, more of his backstory, trying to generate an idea of his motive. Um, and I think it, it does it does do a lot of work in terms of trying to convey the importance of privacy and the feeling of being surveilled. And I think that's that's significant. I think anything that can add to that to that. Um, discussion in a in a thoughtful way um i think is valuable and um you know i i think one thing that this movie added um for what it's worth was this fantastic visualization of how the surveillance system works and how all these people get caught up in the dragnet um i thought that was a really impressive sort of interstitial in the movie how is this all possible Think of it as a Google search, except instead of searching only what people make public, we're also looking at everything they don't. Emails, chats, SMS, whatever. Yeah, but which people? The whole kingdom, Snow White. Cool special effects. Not something that we've seen before, and I think it kind of helped to tell the argument. I don't know, what did you think? You know, if Mr. Robot is on the side of extreme realism and hackers or Black Hat is on the side of complete, you know, explosions and flying numbers and things like that. I think Snowden falls much closer to Mr. Robot. Um, It's certainly much more dramatized than than we see there. But I think I think it was helpful to see this. I don't know how accurate it is because we've never seen specific we've never seen Prism in action, for instance, but we've, you know, seen the documents that describe it. And I think it's important I think it really brings it to life in a way that um, you know, the documents are reporting. And even in some cases, Citizen Four couldn't. Um, I mean, I will say right, right. at times it certainly felt like a remake of Citizen Four, and Citizen Four is a much better film, much more important film. Like, yeah, uh, you know, the Snowden movie starts off with um, Laura Poitras and Glenn Greenwald, you know, waiting for Snowden in the yeah. hotel in Hong Kong, and so does Citizen Four. And I remember watching Citizen Four and thinking, holy shit, this is the most intense thing I've ever seen in my life. Because they basically turned the camera on and started filming this guy um, and didn't even know who he was, what his name was. And then you see that exact same scene in Snowden, and I'm like, this is almost kind of like a, you know, um, Law and Order remake or something, know. you know? It's so weird. It's strange. And... I feel like it's it's a it's a relatively recent trend to have movies that come out fairly close to the historical events they're trying to describe. I mean, I think about Zero Dark Thirty, obviously, but also 
Oliver Stone made that movie World Trade Center. And I think he... W also. W, right. And this is meant to be sort of the third in his trilogy of post-9-11 movies, he said. Um, Which is funny because Laura Poitras also made a trilogy of post-9-11 movies, which is fantastic. Um, Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The one about Iraq and the aftermath of, of the war and, and, um, and another about Guantanamo and the third, of course, about Edward Snowden. I think, uh, I think like, you know, the... Um, the question of how accurate this the Stone movie is is isn't an interesting one. Like among the things that we were shown in the movie, you you know you you pointed out that that scene involving the the intimidation and this sort of like uh, the the plot to extradite or to um, uh, deport someone and then trying to get someone else to be an informant. There are a number of stories in the movie that I'm I can't I wasn't totally sure were accurate, and so I like went and looked up some stuff. But um, as far as the depiction of Prism, based on what I've read of the documents of the of the Snowden documents, it feels like the movie did a pretty good job of describing the outline of how these systems worked and the impact they have. Oliver Stone said um, that Snowden had suggested a number of things to him uh, regarding the plot, but hadn't revealed specific details about about his own story um one thing that that is accurate according to the snowden record is that he did witness a cia uh, officer try to get someone intoxicated so that they could later be arrested and then use that against them to turn them into an informant. This was something that was documented by a German newspaper. Again, so much of the movie is accelerated. There's a a lot of pieces of the story that aren't in there. There's a character who's a composite character of a number of other whistleblowers, um, real-life whistleblowers, played by (laughs) Nicolas Cage. What was the issue? How do you take all this huge amount body of information from cyber to drones to eavesdropping at this scale. How do you do it? And frankly, Ed helped us a lot with the technical language and with focusing on the main issues. Uh, it was also, we, we read everything we could, but we, it's a contradictory public record. Uh, the truth is that uh, I was worried the whole time that this thing was going to turn into a bore. <laughs> you know, every director, got to make this movie move. I mean, this is my issue of making it a movie. I had to make all this material work in a two-hour time frame and not bore people. Uh, we, it's a very uh, difficult, believe me. I have, there's no guns, unfortunately, no, uh, no, no car chases, no exotic sex, although you might say there is in the surveillance scene, but it's not a spy movie. Uh, and he's not James Bond. He looks like a, a desk clerk. So we keep talking about, uh, you know, this compared to Citizen Four, and we've mentioned, you know, Citizen Four is the better movie. Go see it if you haven't. Um, I sort of just thought of this, but, you know, there's 
the real thing that happened, which was, you know, Edward Snowden's life story. There was Citizen Four, which is like the documentary version of it. And then there's the popular, you know, Hollywood film, Snowden. And I'm thinking if, if you look at another area of pop culture right now, there was, you know, the founding of the American Revolution, you know, the founding of America. Then there was uh, Ron Chernow's like Hamilton biography. And now there's Hamilton on Broadway. And, you know, and that's incredibly popular. And it's bringing all these people to sort of like Hamilton is, was saved on the $10 bill because of this, the popularity of this play. Um, and I highly doubt that this movie is going to have anywhere near the cultural traction that Hamilton has. However, I, th- I kind of think of it as like history light in the same way that the Hamilton play is sort of history light of the documentary version, which is this incredibly thorough, like 800 page biography um, compared to, you know, the, the two hour film that is um, Citizen Four. Uh, is that a crazy <laughs> comparison? No, no, no. I think it's I think it's a good point. And of course, the movie was technically based on a book by Snowden's lawyer and by a British journalist, um, but it borrows so much. Snowden's from Russian lawyer. Snowden's Russian lawyer, right? Um, but yeah, I think um, I think that I think this movie does contribute in that way to sort of popularizing some of the ideas that, frankly, are really difficult and complicated to struggle with at the core of the story about Edward Snowden and what he did. Um, I think it's interesting, you know, Stone basically set out to make a biopic of a man. Um, and of course, Snowden never wanted to be part of the story, as he, as he told Laura Poitras. In a funny way, he has to be part of the story because people, you know, as he pointed out, people will want to know who's behind this and they'll want to be able to trust the messenger. Um, but Snowden has worked hard to sort of erase himself from the story, even as he's become the, the center of it. And I think, uh, I think one, one thing I wish that Stone's movie had done would be to paint a more nuanced and more uh, maybe human portrait of, of this guy. Like, what is, it re- what is the, the torturous decision like of actually of doing this? And, and, then, and then the risk and the danger and, and the situation that he's in now. I mean, at the end of the movie, things feel pretty hunky-dory. Yeah, um, it was a pretty, like, the pacing of the movie was good from an entertainment standpoint. Like, he kept, this is pretty dry stuff, or could have been very right. dry. And, you know, and he was Stone afraid. said his biggest, yeah, Stone said his biggest fear was that it would be a bore. And so he, he did keep it, you know, moving, but then I really felt like Snowden's metamorphosis from this sort of conservative patriot in the, you know, hawkish sense of the term to a whistleblower happened very quickly in terms of screen time. Like, you don't really, can't really tell when he makes the decision to start. To those people who might be skeptical to begin with, is this movie going to change their minds? Or is this movie's real um, success going to be in just waking other people up who haven't really been thinking about this so much? I wonder, you know, Michael Bay made his Benghazi movie in part for the same reason, coming from like a very conservative side. And I can't think of any any liberals that I know who actually saw that film. Mm -hmm. And I'm wondering if this is just an issue that people have made up their minds on and it's 
you know, they're not going to bother to see this Hollywood liberal film about the traitor, you know. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I don't know. It, it's going to depend on whether people see it or not. Maybe we'll need to have, like, a musical or something. Like, <laughs> yeah. I, I can imagine, like, a like a song and dance about all the different um, NSA programs with all the code words. I feel like you seems could get like some a South Park there. thing. Yeah, 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 like a Book of Mormon yeah. type thing. Yeah, yeah, we so, should pitch that. <laughs> we should. Maybe not to Oliver Stone. <laughs> so before we sign off here, do you think the movie is good enough to have any impact on whether or not Stone gets pardoned? I suppose ultimately it's only a decision Obama can make, but do you think that it can really turn up the heat on him, I guess? Mm. My sense is it's it certainly can turn up the heat. I'm not sure that it will be a deciding... I'm not sure that it's going to change Obama's mind. And um, it's been something of a unanimous uh, voice from, from the Congress uh, with this recent report. Um, in terms of whether to pardon him or not, and everyone says no. Um, we'll see. But I think the movie, n- nevertheless, will contribute to um, a conversation that people are having already, and will start new conversations. And, and who knows, maybe it'll help Snowden get asylum in another country that is maybe more comfortable than Russia, which I think he's, he's also angling for. So there's other possibilities for Snowden um, in the near future, and this movie might have an impact on, on those things. Yeah, I think anytime these issues are raised, it's good for Snowden, because we've seen just in the last two, three years since he initially leaked this, it's gone from, wow, what a traitor, to, wow, what a... Uh, reasonable sort of guy who's willing to engage with these ideas all the time and I think he's really through his telepresence robot and his willingness to go on every show and you know the reporting has like public sentiment has really shifted on him I mean you have you know pretty high level people suggesting he did you know a a service and we obviously had NSA reform whether it was effective NSA reform I don't think so, but you know, we we did ha- laws were changed because of what he did. Mm-hmm. It actually ended with uh, you know Snowden's cameo, which was a little cheesy, I think, but it was still semi powerful. And then that very bad song. Do you remember that song? I don't. It's a Peter Gabriel oh, right. written for the ending credits about like whistleblowing, right. which I think we should ride out on here probably. Underneath the sky where the cold winds cross There is an ocean where data flows There's no safe place to go Now you've let that whistle blow Show exactly what is going on Support comes from ServiceNow, the AI platform for business transformation. You've heard the hype around AI. The truth is, AI is only as powerful as the platform it's built into. ServiceNow is the platform that puts AI to work for people across your business, removing friction and frustration for your employees, supercharging productivity for your developers. 
providing intelligent tools for your service agents to make customers happier. All built into a single platform you can use right now. That's why the world works with ServiceNow. Visit servicenow.com slash AI for people to learn more. 